This week, we are presenting an abbreviated worship service from Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas, for March 19, 2023. The order of service will be opening hymn, followed by the scriptures, which will then be followed by the sermon, and closed with the benediction and a hymn. Good morning, everyone. Good yes, morning. the old rugged cross, number 137. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we would perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, he will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Be mindful of what we say as we pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, our Lord and King, we are sinful people, 
We have inherited the legacy of original sin from our first parents, Adam and Eve, and disobeyed you in Eden. We are by nature sinful and unclean. In our daily lives we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We sincerely repent of our sins and humbly ask your grace and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. By the renewing work of the Holy Spirit, lead us to change what is sinful in our lives, that every day we may grow in righteousness and godly living to the glory of your holy name. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for us, and for his sake he forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, by his authority, I therefore declare the good news, that your sins are forgiven. This in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first three scripture readings coming from Isaiah, Psalms, and Ephesians will be presented as normal. The first reading this morning is from Isaiah, the 42nd chapter. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way they do not know, in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. They are turned back and utterly put to shame, who trust in carved idols, who say to metal images, you are our gods. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as a servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. The psalmody for today is from Psalm 142. With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. There is none who take notice of me. No refuge remains in me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. And the second reading is from Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immor immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, 
idolater, sorry, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but, in, but instead expose them. Hmm. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel lesson will be incorporated in a, as a part of the monologue by Pastor uh, Carpenter on the blind man whose sight was restored by Jesus Christ. Nineteen years ago, my parents were married. They were a handsome couple. Even though the marriage was arranged, they had, they had come to know each other and were so much in love. They told me once about the engagement, how my father was so proud to present his father-in-law with the only riches he had, beautiful furniture made by his own hands. He did this, of course, in exchange for my mother's hand in marriage. They told me about the day when when they were married, how, how there was a tear in my grandfather's eye as he placed his little girl's hand into the hand of my father, and how all the women shed tears when my parents made their promises to each other. My parents were beautiful. The wedding was beautiful. The celebration, they say, it lasted till dawn. That's where I come into the picture. Those very first days, my mother got pregnant. The in-laws and my parents were so excited because of my coming into the world. It was a sign of great blessing. They offered prayers of thanksgiving every Sabbath in the synagogue. They offered gifts of thanks to God. They did everything they could to display their gratitude for a child. They also made preparations. My father made a small bed and placed it in their sleeping room. My mother and grandmothers made baby clothes and a blanket. They picked out my name. My grandfather even began carving some little toy animals out of wood. It was about midday when my mother began to feel the pain of labor. When it was time, my grandmothers and my aunts helped her into the house laid her in the bed, and made preparation for my grand entrance into the world. From what I've been told, I was not all that eager to leave the warm confines of her womb. So she pushed. She pushed, and she pushed again and again and again, and, and out I came. When my grandmother laid me in my mother's arms, my mother cried. She cried the first few minutes because she loved me and I was her first 
little baby boy. She cried throughout the night because my eyes were white. I was blind. My grandmother once told me about how my mom kept asking, Mama, what did I do wrong? Mama, how did I sin? How can I face my husband waiting just outside the room? My mother cried as she held a tiny baby in her arms. She cried because she believed that a physical birth defect was a symbol of God's anger for a past grievous sin. My grandfather, my grandfather once told me about my father. My father would would cry out to God when no one was around. He would cry out loud, screaming to God, What is this sin, God? How am I or my wife different from the others? Who's to blame for this sin? Certainly not my innocent child. Most families show off their firstborn children. My family hid me as if I was a monster. They prayed for seven days nonstop. They prayed to God that my eyes would be healed before the time of dedication. My mother and, and father went every morning and every evening to the synagogue to plead with God for forgiveness. As it is written in the law, after seven days, the fathers to take the firstborn male child along with the, an offering to the priest. The priest is then to, to pray for the atonement of the child and the family and then dedicate the child to the Lord by having his foreskin circumcised. When my mother's seven days of being ceremonially unclean passed, she passed me into the strong hands of my father to take me to the synagogue to dedicate me to the Lord. He held me in one arm in the other an enclosed basket with two turtle doves turtle does because he was too poor to offer sheep. He walked down the street that morning alone toward the synagogue. He knocked on the door. A moment or two passed before the priest came out of, out of it to examine me. That priest never offered an Antony prayer. He refused to dedicate me to the Lord. When he opened the bundle of clothing to look at me, when he saw my blind, white baby eyes, he stepped back from me as if from a contagious disease. Even though he knew my father's family to be an honorable family, even though he knew my father to be a good and God-fearing and law-abiding man, even though he had been the one to bless and unite my parents in marriage, he looked away from my father and his blemished, blind son as if from a demonic disease. He declared with a loud voice, Unclean! It was the saddest day in my family's life.
For 18 years, I've lived in the darkness of sin. For 18 years, I've been a living banner of family shame. What did I do that was so wrong as to receive such a terrifying curse as this? How can those Pharisees say that I sinned in my mother's womb? Darkness is hard enough without their heaping shame and condemnation upon me as well. For 18 years, I have been led to the steps of the synagogue on my birthday, there to pray with my family for forgiveness. For 18 years, the legal tradition keepers have found meaning and purpose in their physically forcing us to leave the synagogue steps at sunset because evidence of sin remained in my eyes without any hint of sympathy those men publicly declare me unclean for the last 18 years. Now I, the shameful, unclean, worthless, blind man, I sit unnoticed on the edges of their society in different places around the city. There, I beg for the handouts. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and he came back seeing. The neighbors and those who seen him before as a beggar, they were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said it is he, others said no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. They said to him, then, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, and he anointed my eyes. He said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, 
I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened the eyes. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? There was division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give God glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Oh, they reviled him. They said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? They cast him out. Jesus heard that they'd cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. And it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. 
and he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things. They asked him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Go and have a seat. the ending to the message. For 18 years, 18 years, I've lived in the darkness of my sin. For 18 years, I've been a living banner of family shame. I've lived in the fringes of society, begging for scraps of wealth to feed myself so that my family wouldn't be so burdened. They tried to take care of me. Each year on my birthday, I was led to the steps of the temple, there to pray with my family for forgiveness. Each year, I was physically forced to leave the temple steps at sunset because evidence of sin remained in my eyes. Today, something different was happening near the temple courts. From early in the morning, I heard a commotion. Religious people were running here and there. They were deeply troubled. First thing in the morning, it seems that the prophet exposed their hard hearts. Because while he was there in the temple courts, they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. I was on the sideline listening, and I was kind of laughing. I thought it always took two to commit adultery, but they only brought her. Pharisees. They talked to him about Moses, saying that she should be stoned to death. The prophet said, Let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. I bet the man that she had sex with was the first one to slither away. In the end, they had all left. Only the prophet remained standing next to her. He said, I don't condemn you. Go now and don't do that again. And he sent her on her way. Later in the day, the prophet was teaching and he said, I am the light of the world. Boy, those Pharisees, they argued with him about that for a long time. They argued even more with him after he said things like, God sent me, or whoever follows me will walk in the light. Whoever keeps my word will not die. Oh, that infuriated them. The argument became yelling and screaming. Got incredibly heated when he said, Abraham rejoiced. 
that he would see my day. And when he said these words, before Abraham was, I am, it sounded like they were trying to kill him. Right then and there, I could hear it all. I don't know how he did it, but somehow or another, he escaped. Later in the day, for some reason, he saw me. Millions have walked by me. Hundreds of thousands in the holy days walking right by me. But he didn't. He saw me, a blind man, sitting on the side of the street. After spending time with all of the powerful and, and popular people and all those arguments that they threw at him, why would he notice me sitting on the side of the street? I didn't know he was there. I didn't even have a chance to ask for help. Still, he noticed me. He put mud on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. I can't get to Siloam and wash in the middle of the crowd as a blind man. So uh, I asked a, a fellow beggar. He was crippled. I was blind. I helped carry him and he told me the way. We made our way to Siloam, to the pool. I knelt down, I put water in my hands, I began to wash the mud from my eyes. And as I did so, and as I washed, I began to see. My eyes were healed, I could see. I could see the sky, I could see my own hands and my own body. I could see my beggar friend. I could see people's faces. I could see the buildings. I could, I could see the birds that make the sounds. Oh, what a thing to see. My beggar friend said to me, he said, go, go and, and, and see. And that's what I did. People who knew me as the blind beggar and recognize my clothes and my hair and my face, I guess, they could see, but they would keep asking me how and when and where and, and, and who. I would tell them what I know. I'd tell them a man named Jesus, this prophet, he made mud. He smeared it on my eyes. He told me, go to Siloam and wash. I went and I washed and, and now I see. People hearing about this, told the Pharisees, because they were everywhere that day, they, they told them about me being healed on the Sabbath and how I was always blind, and now I see. And they, So the, the Pharisees found me, and they took me to their official meeting places. All of them, they kept asking me how and who and when and, and, and where. I just told them what I knew. I told him a man named Jesus made mud. He, he spit it on my, put it on my eyes, and he said to me, go to Siloam and wash. My, my lame friend, he helped me get to Siloam. There I washed, and, and now I see. 
I tell them the truth. And they weren't happy for me. They're not celebrating that I have my sight. They're angry. I don't understand them. I don't understand their anger. I don't understand their fear. They know who I am. They knew my great my grandparents. They knew my parents. They know that people have have now witnessed Jesus touch me with mud. They've heard that I've gone to the pool, washed on this Lord's day, washed like they always wash, and now I see. This Jesus could be the Messiah. And they act like that? On the Sabbath, when they, when they wouldn't notice or care, the prophet did. I guess their righteousness doesn't like suffering by comparison. They don't like the truth that they could not and they would not ever bring healing to someone like me on any day of the week, especially the Lord's day. And so now, they drive me away just like they have been driving me away from their synagogue steps every birthday year for 18 years. I think I had more sight when I was blind than they do now. So like I've told people all day, I tell you, something has changed. Though I was born blind, I can now see. And I can see more than my, the face of my mother or the face of my father and my family. I can see more than the shapes and the colors in the world around me. I can see the one who risked touching and restoring me on the Sabbath, an unclean, begging, blind man. And because I can see, I can follow the prophet. I hope he's the Messiah. I can and I will follow this prophet of God. I will see what he does. And I will listen to what he says. And I will do everything he teaches. I will follow this prophet of God for the rest of my life. And now you, you, you've heard my story. The son of man, the son of God, the prophet, the healer, the bearer of light and truth. He has been revealed to you on this day. Will you move, continue to move in life amongst the crowds, busy here, going there, remaining blind to Jesus, his truth, and his, his request for your life? Or will you see Jesus as the Messiah of God? And will you be healed? And now that you're healed, will you worship him and follow him and truly live 
that choice, it's yours. Your life will reflect your choice. But as for me, and what an old servant of God said a long time ago, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will follow him. And I'm going to tell everybody who has ears to hear my story of Jesus. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God, Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being as one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for calling us to rest in you each and every Sabbath. If it gives you glory, let your Holy Spirit fill this place with those who gather in it. Lord, in your mercy. God of both law and love, Keep us from words and actions, no matter how well intended, that are contrary to your holy will. Engrave your commandments upon our hearts. Empower us to live according to your commandments, and in your mercy forgive us when we fail to be the people you call us to be. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, breathe your Holy Spirit upon your church. Clear our hearts of those things that clutter them, that we may love you more deeply. Sweep away the dullness of our minds, that we may know you more fully. Banish from our wills any weakness that prevents us from following you more faithfully. Give us wisdom to know your holy will and courage to pursue it. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we ask you to bless those who are celebrating wedding anniversaries, birthdays, and special events this week. We ask you to let all those who mourn experience your comfort and your promises. We ask you to be present with those who are hurting spiritually, emotionally, or physically, those hospitalized, those facing treatments of surgery. We, we pray for Katie and Ohio families that are near the train wreck where the chemical spills that you give them healing and comfort during this difficult time, and especially for those we name in our hearts now. 
Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, into your hands we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray. We will trust in your goodness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Go and have a seat until the ushers bring you forward for communion. This service will close with the benediction and a hymn. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our closing song. Our closing song today is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, number 482. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. See service for March 19th, 2023. We're glad you could join us and look forward to your return.